Welcome to another BA Chats. I'm your host, Kevin Kuntz, and right next to me is the lovely, beautiful, talented, gorgeous, and amazing Rachel Kuntz. That's why I married you. That's why I married you. You love me. You love me. <laughs> we, uh, I do love you a lot. You do. I love you, too. We are so glad that you've joined us. I'm so glad that you are listening to BA Chats, and we are so happy for this show. This is going to be a good one. I'm telling you. We've been waiting and waiting for this one quickly. We do BA chats because we believe in the testimony. The word testimony means do, do it, it again, again God. God. So it's very appropriate. Yeah. It's very wonderful. It's very healthy that when we hear testimonies of what Jesus is doing in other people and just around the world and just gorgeous thing that he's doing in the body of Christ, it's very appropriate that we say, oh, me too. Do exactly. that again. Do it in me. Do it in my life. And so we share testimonies. It's the best invitation ever. Ever. So, and the other reason that we do BA Chats is because in our body here at Bethel Atlanta, we always, always, without fail, you can walk into our tent <laughs> on a Sunday morning, or you could go to Bethel Equip, or you could go to Bethel Atlanta Supernatural School of Ministry. Or wherever you're in the community, you run into people from Bethel that have the greatest stories, and they are such wonderful people. Yeah. There is gold in our midst. And so we, we like to take this platform and use it to introduce you to some of the greatest people on the planet in our environment. So that's the reason, another reason why we have BA Chats. And our guests tonight oh my absolutely embody what Kevin just said. We wow. have got Dr. and Dr. Axness. Mark and Mary Axness, thank you for coming. Both of you, we're so happy that you're here. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. Oh Welcome. my goodness, you just you are just completely honoring us. So let's go ahead, and we're going to start with you. And may I call you Dr. Axness, Mark? What how about just you? Mark? Mark. <laughs> Mark, how long have you guys been coming to Bethel, Atlanta? Uh, I think it's a little over uh, four years. Okay. Yeah. Great, great. And Mary, I know that you've been a student this entire time. Aren't you starting? Yes. Fourth year. Yes, this is my fourth year, and I'm loving it, and life would not be the same without Bethel <laughs> School. <laughs> well, what has your school experience been like? It's been really uh, wonderful, very transformative. Um, I'm actually more and more enjoying it. This is fourth year. Uh, fourth year is putting everything together. Wow. And I really started first year when we moved here a year and a half later. And uh, I just realized I love school. <laughs> I love school. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Well, good, good, good. Mark, can you tell us how you guys met? I'm just so super curious. We have actually never heard this story. Mary said that you like to tell it. Well, <laughs> we're not on camera, so you can't really tell our nationalities. But, but I'm Norwegian, and my wife is not. <laughs> she, she, she's Chinese. And so actually, we met uh, in a university uh, in North Dakota. That's where I was born and raised. And she had the opportunity to uh, come from Hong Kong to enter into a university there. And basically, we met. Uh, I was the uh, manager for the student publications, and uh, 
we needed a full-time person to help out and lo and behold uh, Mary was our person uh, we didn't hit it off well at first oh really really <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to develop that just yeah. a little bit yeah <laughs> Well, no, it was that I, I wasn't uh, interested in anything other than just pursuing school at that time. Sure. And, uh, but uh, she won me over. <laughs> yeah. You just stuck with it, huh, Mary? <laughs> She's giggling. <laughs> it wasn't love at first sight, if that's what you're trying to say. Um, was it because you guys were working together? And it was we just were working yeah. together, right. and we worked together very well. Okay. Um, we were determined to turn the publication office uh, from red to black oh. and to show the student government that this is a viable part of school, uh, the university. And uh, little did I know that I have to learn everything new. And he wasn't very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, it started out that he brought dinner to me that his mom make the best dinner. And, uh, and I notice he's very caring. That's and from wonderful. there it started. But I, I noticed then that she was such a powerhouse in every aspect of her life. And that has continued through the uh, 41 years. 41 years, Forty that was yeah. gonna be my question. Wow, yeah. let's celebrate years. that for just a minute. Thank my you. Oh my Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's a big deal. And how many kids do you guys have? Two kids. Uh, they're both grown, married. Uh, we're kind of empty nesters, but we enjoy it when the grandkids come. And actually, they're here now. And so oh. we're enjoying, enjoying that. Two grandkids, five and seven. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Girls or boys? So uh, one of each. The younger one's a boy. How fun. Oh, so you're just grandparenting. That's got to be a happy time of life. Very. And they do like coming to church with us. Oh, great. Yes. What do they like about church? <laughs> they like the tent. <laughs> <laughs> well, who doesn't like the tents? tent experience? Oh, it's, the best. <laughs> it's super exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mary, what brought you over from Hong Kong? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I was a tour guide in Hong Kong. Okay. And uh, I wanted to go back to school because my schooling was interrupted when I was in like. Uh, second year of high school and it is somewhat connected with what's happening now um, there was a uh, I would call it a revolution in Hong Kong and back in 1967 okay. and wow. that's what made me decided to uh, leave Hong Kong because it was mm -hmm. under the British and I used to always ask questions. Okay, I'm Chinese. Why am I singing God Save the Queen? Sure. Oh, okay. yeah. And I went to a Catholic convent school. So I didn't understand love. I understand religion. Sure. So we were raised by nuns. So wow. that's, you know, I came out of a convent school. You were raised by Catholic nuns in Hong Kong. Yes. Wow. And it's a privilege to go there because <laughs> only the wealthy can afford it. Sure, sure. Sure. Yeah. Wow. And so what happened that interrupted it? Was the revolution? It, it was leading up to that. Okay. So I didn't feel safe. 
Okay. And uh, there were curfews and all that. But it didn't happen until 1967 when I realized I live in a colony. I am not a citizen. And one thing I yearn for is to be a citizen of somewhere. And closer to the time I finally was leaving, see, I wanted to go to England because we were British colonists. And what happened was when I realized I have to get a visa with a British passport, I said, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) (laughs) And, And then when I work as a tour guide, all I did was Americans. So I developed a relationship with Americans. And I thought, this is so neat. Mm. So I have both places to choose. Mm. Just before, about a year before I came, as I work with a lot of American tourists, and uh, I realized I could go anywhere if I wanted to. Um, I did start working for, have you heard of TWA? Mm-hmm. If yeah, you are old TWA. enough, oh yeah, yeah. that was my very first job, but then I couldn't make it because I was too tiny, oh, and <laughs> too short. Oh my goodness! I fail every area, <laughs> so, oh, no. so but I I just have travel mm. in my blood, so getting a job as a tour guide fit me perfectly. After it. three oh. years into it, I realized I want to see the world. I am not about ready to date someone and get settled down, (laughs) that kind of person. So uh, it really is the Lord looking back. I was not a Christian. When you came to the United States? Oh, yeah, quite a while, yeah. Mm. But um, the story was, it's really a neat story. One of the tour that I guided, have you heard of Expo 70? No. Nope. 1970, that's when the world come together in trade and exchange. Wow. The Expo 70 was held in Tokyo. Oh, wow. And so people will start visiting Hong Kong, Malaysia, Bangkok. So I get the chance to lead them to different countries in uh, short excursions. So I started observing Americans. And back then, Americans, all they talk about is God. And I noticed wow. they're very generous people. Oh, I love this story. Yeah. This is wonderful. So right, and probably in the midst of the Jesus movement, I guess, in the 70s? The beginning. Yeah. Beginning, the beginning of 70. Yeah. yeah. I actually came 1972. Okay. Uh, towards, yeah, the end of 71. But I remember talking to some couples, and they said, would you like to come? I said, only if I could go to school. Wow. And so I share a little bit of my story, and I get letters from so many wonderful couples. Would you come and be our guest? I say, yeah, go ahead and put me in your suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm yours. <laughs> but little did I know I was testing their intentions. And then there was this one couple that left a mark. He kept saying, How, what beautiful teeth you've got. And I said, what about my teeth? You know. Come to find out he's a dentist. And he lives in Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. Wow. But it, it took two years for me to decide to come because, number one, I don't know them. It's a very transient lifestyle. Sure. Um, but I realized 
I need to know a little more. I said, I never heard of North Dakota. I know Los Angeles, I know New York, Florida, sure. Miami, Las Vegas. That's about it. Sure. And uh, they would keep writing me letters, and then we spend very expensive phone call. Back then, you can't yeah. just you pick up the phone. Distance, yeah. yeah, long distance. And he almost pleaded with me, and he told me the reason he was able to make it to Hong Kong, it was because his brother-in-law was not able to make the trip. And I said, oh, you are not one of the Kawasaki salesmen? <laughs> they won the trip. You oh, know, Back then, goodness. when wow. you do well in sales, <laughs> you get you win trips. trips. Yeah. yeah. And so for Expo 70. Wow. And so I developed some skill of really taking good care of people as in hospitality. And so literally living in and out of hotels, airports. And so I said, tell me, really, did you plan this? They said, we planned this. We pray about having someone come Wonderful. live with us. And that, but we want them to know that we have a goal in mind. I said, what's that? Did you go to school? And you will be open to Christianity. I said, I'm in. Oh my goodness. Wow. And then, then he asked me, why do you want to come? I said, this is crazy. I said, what your dollar bill says in God we trust. And I'm looking for God. Whoa. And come to find out, have you heard of Bible Study Fellowship? Mm -hmm. His wife is a Bible Study Fellowship teacher. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. So I get a chance when I did come to watch how they live life. That's beautiful. And so he became my second dad. Oh, wow. Wow. And actually last year, um, I went and visited. We both went and visited them after 45 years, oh, oh. more than 45 years of relationship. Wow. We don't forget a good deed. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. No, I hadn't don't. thought about our money being like tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. All over the world. That's exciting. <laughs> were you walking with the Lord, Mark, when you met Mary? Not at that no, time. No, you weren't no. born again either. Okay. No, no, when did you get born again? So that was would have been in uh, 1985. Okay, great. So that's exciting. So you guys got married with, because Mary, when did you ask Jesus into your heart? I didn't. Um, I just kept <laughs> thinking I'm one of them and I don't need it, you know? And when people that's ask awesome. me, are you safe? I said, I'm very safe. Person. Sure. <laughs> so, like so, you said, a powerhouse. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm one of them. I, mean, I just ask questions the way it is, you know? And then some older people from a Methodist church took me aside and said, honey, you have got to be saved. I said, no, I don't. And I explained to them, I'm fine. I don't need to be saved. I feel very safe. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this couple is Lutheran, and he's yeah. a dentist, and she's yeah. an RN. But I watch how she read the Bible. And to get back to the, the story of salvation was, I lost a baby. Oh, my I'm first sorry. pregnancy oh. and that's when I says start having desires and I feel like everybody I meet at least right where we were uh, they talk about God wow. and I talk about God but I notice it's not the same God Wow 
So when people ask me, do I have a personal relationship with Jesus? I say, I know Mary and I know Joseph, sure. but who is he? And why do I have to have a relationship with him? And it just bothered me to no end. But it wasn't until I was married and after first baby, oh, I was, you know, up in cloud nine. He was in medical school by, by then. Um, somebody invited me to Bible study fellowship. I said, I know all about it because this couple that I used to stay with, she, she beat the Bible. And I said, nobody study the Bible. And they said, we like to take you to Bible study fellowship. I said, wow. of course I'll go. And I realized I didn't know the Bible. Wow. And then I thought everybody can share and I want to share. And they said, if you do your homework, you can share. And I said, I read English, but how come I cannot read this book? I was blinded. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. You talk about blindness. And I was frustrated. So I was the first Bible study fellowship students will drop my kids off to babysit, go shopping, come back, listen to the lecture, and love listening to it. Wow. And then I said, okay, it's time to for a second baby. Guess what story they were doing? What? The story of Jesus. Hannah. Oh, oh Hannah. wonderful. And from there, the Lord did it. And one morning, um, I just said, all right, I've got this Bible. I'm going to try to do my homework. If you're real, please show me. And, oh, by the way, I have a question to ask you. This is four years. We want a baby. I want the boy that I didn't have that's in heaven. Two things happen immediately. Now, at that time, he made an appointment. At, he was a resident at the Mayo Clinic. He made an appointment uh, for the fertility clinic. Well, my girlfriends came out pregnant with three babies, two babies, oh, wow. four babies. I said, I can't do that. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> do that? <laughs> so I asked, if you're real and if you're coming after me, there are two requirements. Help me to understand this book and give me a baby. Oh, wow. I don't want to be experimenting with fertility drugs. So I look down on my lap. All of a sudden, it's like light jump in. And from there, I read the Bible. I study the Bible. I answer everything. And I went back to the Bible Study Fellowship teaching leader and apologized how rude I was and confessed that I've been dropping my kid off <laughs> because I was so bored, <laughs> you know? When you can't, you get yeah. frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember anybody taking me aside and explain things. And that's why discipleship is so important mm -hmm. to me. Oh, my goodness, which it really yeah, is. Yes. You, you disciple, which I, we're just going to jump into this. When did you go back to Hong Kong and tell us about... Tell us about that because you've done missions all over Asia. Is that correct? Well, I wouldn't say all over Asia. Okay. Um, I went to the church we went to in Oklahoma. 
is Victory Christian Center. Yeah, which, Pastor we Billy ju- Joe Doherty. We just Billy figured, Joe. Mary and I just figured this out in conversation like last week. We love these people. They're yeah. precious people. Did you enjoy that church, Oh, my Mark? gosh. It, that was the basis of my uh, learning. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They're precious people. Yes. We had yeah. we we were we had a radio station that we would Rachel and I were on. We had a sister station KBUB, and they used to do preaching at 30, 30 minutes to an hour increment. And he was one that I listened to all of oh, the time. Oh, we loved him. He was so we helpful. Love Pastor Billy Joe Darty. Yes, <laughs> and um, being there really grounded me. Not so much about the fivefold, but he's the one that influenced me to go to. Victory Bible College. Yeah. So I finished the four year. And you do like school. She I loves love school. school. <laughs> <laughs> I love to learn. I, I just want to keep growing. But it's anyway, he, uh, he influenced me quite a bit. At first, I thought we're just taking a couple of classes, you know, as a church member. And I remember he was almost dying around that time. And he was still teaching. Billy Joe? Yes. Oh, I don't remember this. Yeah. yeah. What was wrong? Well, he had lymphoma. Yeah. Oh, I did not. No. I didn't know that. He died in 2009. Yeah, yeah, I actually had an opportunity to work with him as a physician. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah, Pastor Sharon was very gracious to us. But the church was huge, so we hang out with the physicians and most of them are from Oral Roberts University. Oh, oh wow. are you? And that so, place is wonderful. So we we were among the physicians, and of course, naturally, we hang out together. Um, Pastor Billy Joel basically says, "He." <laughs> the good thing is he never tell people what to do, but he looked at me and he said, "You go to school," and <laughs> it's the way he said it. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't like him. That is totally not like him because somebody tapped me on the shoulder, another pastor, which we become good friends of. He said, um, my name is so-and-so, and I have never remember Pastor Billy Joe talk so strongly to somebody. If he said that, I would go. I said, <laughs> I'm already taking classes. And he heard me. Pastor Billy Joe heard me. He was walking out, and he turned around, and he said, I mean full-time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I said, okay, you sir. You had a word. So wow. anyway, that kind of grounded me with the word and the spirit of God. And so. Oh, what a perfect grounding. Uh, he was such a good teacher. And there was so, I mean, he just was so biblically accurate and helpful. And so spirit filled. Mm-hmm. He's yes. talking about, and the way he declare things, you mm-hmm. know. He doesn't, He he just is one of the pioneer that oh, I yes. would yes. consider. Boy, yeah. that there is such a great group of, of Christian people in Oklahoma around mm-hmm. there. That was just an excellent, strong teaching. Bob Yandian, mm-hmm. Billy Joe Daugherty. Uh, uh, Rayma. Oh, Rayma. Rayma, mm-hmm. my goodness. So Janet much Hayden. good. It's saturated. It's that so area. saturated yeah. and beautiful. I think they've, they've done a lot to, uh, yeah. I mean, change the course of our nation in the very best way. Mm-hmm. Like, just great yeah. people. Craig Rochelle was out there as well right. with LifeChurch.tv. And then like, he, he really brought us into a whole new realm of how to minister via media mm-hmm. over the internet. Like, just super Dwayne awesome. Dwayne Sheriff, coach. Victory Life. Mm-hmm. And so Pastor uh, uh, Perry Stone, mm-hmm. he would come quarterly to 
to engage with the pastor for a whole week at a time. Mm. So, you know, these big names that just we took for granted, you know, oh, when well, we were you there. No, but I mean, I feel like we'll get to heaven one day. Oh, yeah. And the, we'll see mm-hmm. what kind of um, impact that they had because, again, they're the most. Uh, down to earth. Well, they started at age 16 on the same page. They told each other, they said, um, we're not going to get married unless your relationship with God is more important than each other's relationship. They held back. They were very uh, transparent with Mm -hmm. their congregation. So where was I? (laughs) So you're leading into Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you go back to Hong Kong? Actually, right after I started Bible school. Okay. And they have an international, uh, they have different domestic and international, so they train you differently. Okay. And I said, if I'm going to pick international, I'm going to pick my home country, which is always where I wanted to go. But I never plan on being a missionary. But my mom started getting ill, so I would go back, and, you know, now it's over almost. 14 years now. Wow. And so last year is the first back? time. You didn't go back to do missions? Not directly. I didn't know that. Let's just say I'm not the type that go with the crowd. <laughs> I Power feel house, like, like Dr. Mark said. I feel <laughs> like I'd rather not make a mistake okay. doing something on my own. And, you know, he'll lead me. And, um, basically through my mom not feeling well and we go back more and more often and of course i would take her back inside china to see her siblings and from there something started happening to my heart the happening is oh my goodness i can't leave these people you loved them yeah so maybe i could interject a little bit just to expand a little bit on china itself um Mary's siblings, she has two brothers and a sister, and then her mom uh, have been in uh, Hong Kong, obviously, for a long time. <clears throat> and that's the only part of her family that I knew at the time. Uh, I had been back to Hong Kong a number of times since we were married and became very enraptured by her family. They were so loving. Wow. And, you know, it was nice because they did speak English. I don't speak much Chinese. Um, but she started talking about her extended family inside China. Okay. And I had never been inside China after all the times that I'd been in Hong Kong. And so she uh, talked about this in kind of general terms, and she would describe, uh, and, and I should say that this extended family is quite large. There's probably 100 to 120 oh aunts, uncles, cousins, uh, on and on and on. And they all live in a very uh, tight area. Yeah, I mean, they're they're close, fairly close together. And so it was her mom, Mary's mom, was the only sibling from that family that actually was outside of China, meaning in Hong Kong. And and there's a story to that, I won't get into it. But so uh, I was so anxious to meet this extended family. And so before we went into China the first time, you know, she described it, well, you know, they, they live in this village and, uh, you know, they kind of live together. And so, you know, as a farm boy from North Dakota, 
I, I, I'm using this concept of village, you know, meaning, okay, there's 500 people in this town and they're all out in the rice paddies, you know, and so. Thinking rural. <laughs> yeah, really rural. So, Dakota. Yeah, so as it turns out, in terms of a Chinese perspective, this place is rural, but the village is around two to three million people. <gasps> Uh, oh my God! It's a massive metropolis, and uh, her family—you know—they do live close together, but they live in beautiful houses. Uh, her family has done very well post-revolution, and oh, wow. but but more importantly than that part is that their family is so uh, family-oriented. It's wow. so tight. They're so loving and so giving. And, you know, my own family has had its problems. And I was, you know, just able to be able to love on her family. And, and they basically became my family. Oh, my, wow. that's wonderful. And so at the time, that, the first time that we went back together, uh, there were no Christians in that family. Out of all the 100, 120, so it Correct. was just Mary. It was just Mary. Wow. And boy, did that uh, ignite something. I mean, at this point, I don't know what percentage of those are Christian, but uh, there's a lot of them. And, and it was all initiated by Mary. Within my family, there's no Christian. I'm the first. Wow. And my mom came, stayed with us, and she got saved. She went home. Then That's my so sister great. had some breast issue and she called me and uh, I told her before you go to the doctor do this do this and I gave her a scripture she got saved <laughs> and then uh, her family got saved and then I keep this word if one is saved the whole household is That's saved beautiful. so I kept that promise to me myself but never always yearning to do a ministry or help. Sure. I never thought of being a missionary. Okay. It's just not in my radar. No. And so just whatever I can do. So I would get people saved often on the street. Just <laughs> like, are you not a believer? Are you an unbelieving believer? <laughs> I would ask these questions. And, back I, and then. I should say that back home, her target was typically butchers they <laughs> they were not safe from her oh. from <laughs> i go to the grocery store and they cl climb in my suburban and so wait, this, wait just just so i'm understanding no for some reason she had an affinity for butchers to get them saved <laughs> so you're just going around <laughs> in, in awesome. i go to butchers. the grocery store and i said you know oh, i'm purchasing something here so i have a right to ask you questions <laughs> And so from there, they get saved. Mary, that's beautiful. So you're leading people to the Lord at home, leading your family to the Lord at China, and that. Well, for China, one cousin was dying of a lymphoma. lymphoma. And so I share my testimony with him about what happened to me uh, at one time in 1999, and their eyes just lit up. And... Uh, the whole family got saved. Oh, wow. And then we do I started, we hear I started yeah. realizing, oh my goodness, 
God, you're answering my prayer. Wow. And out of the generosity of his heart, he said, do you want to live here? And I said, what do you mean? And really what happened is we purchased an apartment. Oh. Talk about living there with the people. Wow. Of course, I had so much grace from Bible college, oh. from work. I was working full time. Wow. And everybody make room for me, especially if you live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. Sure. You know, everybody has ministry. And so um, somehow the grace of God, I really felt it, enabled me to do everything, but not everything well. At least um, I maintain, you know. Uh, so I was able to go when I need to go, sometimes twice, three times a year. Yeah. And we made that apartment in such a way I just knew people would come. And sure enough, it attracted the underground church. Let's talk about the underground mm -hmm. church yeah. in China. Yeah. We had opportunity to work with underground church. When I say work with, I just, okay, you probably heard me talk about I am God's waitress. He cooked. I served. <laughs> Don't complain to me. <laughs> just eat. <laughs> How can I make it more simple? You can't. You it's can't. perfect. It's pretty simple. You know, I don't make up the menu. So anyway, um, with that, just people get saved. And we had the first Christian funeral when my that cousin particularly finally died. And the apartment that we have, we start baptizing them. At wow. first I said, well, I don't know if I can. Well, I have known this fellow, Dennis Balcom. Okay. You may have heard of him. China's opening door. Okay. okay. One journey, one nation. Beautiful. He kept telling me about Heidi Baker. Oh. Oh. And Bill Johnson. At that time, I'm only aware of them. Okay. Yeah, but I have this book called um, the Bill Johnson's earlier book about supernatural healing. You know, right. so I'm familiar with it. But anyway, he knows about Pastor Billy Joe, and um, so we became their Bible carrier. Wow. It's called the Donkey Missions. You know, <laughs> we just we empty our suitcases, shove every Bible we can, yeah. go back and forth from Hong Kong. And so you were smuggling Bibles? Back then, yes. Yeah. That's At wonderful. the very beginning. Yeah. So great. But of course, the door did open quite wide, and we mm. just walked through great. until recently. So, Great. That's so exciting. Tell us what is happening recently. Yeah. Catch us up on what's going on in China and with your family. Uh, almost one-fourth for sure, all the extended cousins are born-again, spirit-filled oh. Christian. And so it's beautiful. They they're leading, you know, <coughs> truthfully, I only work with two Christians. I mean, let them. They were leading. They were fast. Wow. They saw what Whoa. I'm doing, they'll copy it. Wow. Yeah. And uh, one is a government official. Wow. High ranking. And their marriage was saved. Wow. wow that's beautiful. And then the other one, the one that died, his wife, uh, of course, is one of my cousin's wife, and uh, she is so committed. She's practically a pastor now, but of course, over there, you can't even talk about it. 
mm-hmm. you know. Um, so she got two families saved. Mm-hmm. And um, study the word like you wouldn't believe and spirit-filled. So when I connected with the underground church, I also had a chance to connect with the house church and then the three-self church. And um, just the Lord kept opening door for us. And then some of the cousins I didn't know. um, We never really played together. We just know about each other. And because I went to a Christian school, so-called, uh, a convent school back then in the late 50s I was never allowed to see my grandparents mm. so now that the doors open I go and now that they get safe I go even more and I couldn't I just didn't feel I could leave mm. and having an apartment showed them that you are committed here mm. I'm not here to take I'm here to give mm. and I would have to say my husband is just whatever you need, whatever you need to show them, you know. Mark, that's beautiful. So you just shared her heart and love for these people. Oh, they're easy to love. (laughs) And and they're so hungry for Jesus. Talk to us about that. What does it look like them being hungry for Jesus? Yeah. Uh, I guess I would start by saying that, you know, Mary and I have been doing a marriage ministry for over a decade. And a marriage ministry. Yeah, I didn't know. Well, and and the ministry that we utilize is the same whether it's in the U.S. or China because marital problems are the same worldwide. Good to know. <coughs> and uh, and so that's how we. That's how I have experienced uh, the Chinese as being hungry. When uh, Chinese who are not saved see the two of us. And they recognize that, you know, we have the same problems that they do, but we have something that they don't. And just by sharing the love of Jesus with them, that's so uh, unnatural for them. I mean, they are so worldly. And for someone to extend love to them is just uh, very strange to them. And, and they're attracted to that. How did you extend love to them? What did that look like? Well, by spending time with them, by... They, they recognize that Mary and I coming from overseas, staying there, buying an apartment with the intent of you know, being with them um, and, and ministering to them. Wow. Yeah. It is really strange when people know that we come back from America, even though we told them, you know, we, am, we really are Americans, but we just want to be here and enjoy you that's really all there is no agenda and uh and then of course my own uncles and aunts says wow we're not starving like we used to anymore i'm so glad you're back and claim your spot here that kind of idea and and um they just look at us family has been lost for too long and so Mm -hmm. glad you're coming back and then I found out some of my cousins, they're in high-ranking uh, party members mm. that occupied office in medical. Yeah, they, said they see massive medical, or they have massive medical oversight. And that is exactly how I was able to uh, do 
teaching in their hospitals. So you've been God teaching opened in the door. Yeah. yeah, we volunteer. Oh, oh wow! What are you volunteer? teaching? Well, it's what I do. I'm in pain management and palliative medicine. And as it turns out, uh, there was a government mandate about three years ago that every hospital had to have palliative care services, and none of them were prepared. And so it's like I arrive on the Perfect. scene, and they're going, "Wow, only God you. can do this." You know, wow. He knows yeah. because. They know about the specialty need, but they don't have resources as far as people. And um, it's one of my cousins, and all the administrator says, well, ask your cousin. And my cousin says, I don't have anything to do with it. They're just very politically correct for their time there. And basically, they said, Uncle Mark, just let's go out to dinner with some administrator. That's how it started. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And and I should also say that through the medical teaching, I, I don't quite remember how it came up at this one hospital, but uh, we were able to d introduce the concept of us having a marriage ministry. And for some reason, well, no, I guess it was God, <laughs> there was this desire put in their heart. It was like, well, if you do marriage ministry, can you do it with us? <coughs> and, right. and and so we explain, well, you know, it's a Christian-directed ministry, and so we just may be talking about Jesus. And now, this is in a government hospital. There's pictures of Mao throughout every right. room and hallway and whatever. Wow. And uh, these administrators said, okay, we'll try it. And <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Which is just... Uh, um, give that scope to our listeners why that is so wild that they were like sure with a, a picture of well, Mao hanging behind them well exactly but the uh, the medical students and residents that I taught uh, they grew up in such an atheistic uh, system that initially when I would encounter them and talk about God uh, they would say well in our teachings there is no such thing as God and I said, they ask a lot of questions, yeah. which is great. But, mm -hmm. but these were the ones that were hungry. They knew that despite the <coughs> teachings that they had from their professors, they knew that there was something beyond that. Wow, just intuitively. Intuitively. And well, beyond that, like you guys. beyond that, we were very transparent with them. We said, okay, we look very good now, but we had problems. So from well, she introduced the problems. Mi misery. <laughs> to ministry <laughs> i never call ourselves in ministry I, I we never put it that way we just said as medical people <coughs> wow very few people understand what we struggle with well actually can i tap into that <laughs> okay so she mentioned the struggle and we had quite a struggle we were actually separated for quite a while this oh. this was 15 years ago and oh, longer than that but yeah. anyway. and so it was uh, okay. once we got back together we knew that we needed to literally <coughs> excuse me move right. move from Missouri to uh, Tulsa because we knew that uh, Victory Christian Church was where we needed to be so we were new there we arrived with our uh, moving truck I didn't have a job I didn't know anyone there we just knew that 
this is where we need to be. This is beautiful. So you moved to Tulsa knowing that's where you needed to be and to help like mm-hmm. build your life and marriage. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But we didn't know what was going to be happening. So uh, it turns out that there was a uh, physician's marriage uh, group there. And so w- it was wonderful because we met people. We met Christians. It was people in my profession. And it was a wonderful, wonderful ministry. And after four years, five years, actually the couple that led the group was struggling with their own marriage. And wow. so the group dissolved and we were just kind of- they handed to us. Well, they handed it, it, it wasn't to quite us. like that, no, because it just, it just went limp. Nothing was happening. And it was at that point that I realized, oh, wait a minute, Mary and I need to pick up the torch here wow. and, and move on. And so it was from He did. I, I didn't. <laughs> I said I will cook. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had such, uh, I mean, that's what Jesus did for us, it was uh, healing this marriage that seemingly could not be healed. And I recognized that, uh, that there's a longer story to this, but basically it is that I recognize thoroughly that, first of all, every married couple struggles, every single marriage, married couple struggles. And I use the example that if you walk into a church and a couple's walking down the aisle hand in hand, I can still tell you they have struggles. And so my heart was really for you know, couples helping them because of what we had gone through. Um, and so that's really been our heart for the last 10 to 12 years. Pastor Billy Joe was the one that kind of put us back together and put us to work, really. Wow. And uh, they recommended us to go to Gateway because they had... Oh, um, another good church. Um, Jimmy Evans. Jimmy Evans. And that's where we invested ourselves to get certified because the... Let's just say... Pastor Sharon says, the two of you who could have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our armor, you know. And so. Did she mean the two of you? I mean, that's we, an impossibility. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, we were struggling so much, we thought we could ask anybody who would be better than us. Come to find out, oh my gosh. So we would always ask, could somebody help us in this area? Could, you know, then of course, we thought everybody's better than us. Now we're realizing we need to help each other. That's beautiful. So from doing that, then there are pastors assigned to us and kind of guide us a little bit. And they said, wow, you're doing great. And then we got more and more doctors, husband and wife together. So we've been used to doing mostly medical marriages. Perfect. But just to kind of tie things together. When we were in China, at first I was kind of concerned when we first started doing marriage ministry inside China. But after the first session, it was apparent that, like I said, every married couple around the world has got similar problems. And Were you concerned because you thought it might be different in a different country, but yeah. it ended up being the same. Yeah. What is this marriage? Is, is it a program, a particular Bible study? No, you're just doing marriage counseling. No, actually we do no counseling. This okay. is <coughs> um, typically, the, it's non-formatted, but we do similar things. 
a lot of it is centered around Jimmy Evans and his videos, his teaching videos. And so it's just a great opportunity uh, to have a bunch of couples together, uh, have them learn from the video, and then there's a lot of discussion time where Mary and I typically are very transparent about ourselves. And that opens things up a lot. People start to recognize, oh, we're not the only ones that have this problem. <laughs> oh, we're just married. Yeah. <laughs> well, also we were, we were blessed from the ORU doctors. Yeah. They are very active in this group called uh, CMDA, Christian, uh, Christian Medical, Medical and, and Dental, Dental Association. Association. Oh. And again, we were looking for help. We thought, you know, we just need sure. to keep learning. And so we were taken in like little orphans <laughs> to <laughs> the marriage commission of CMDA, the association. And so we practice. We get a chance to practice with some really dynamite medical couples yeah. that help other medical couples in a retreat setting. And that's what we call the modules very interactive we don't teach we just facilitate for you to come together and there's about eight or nine modules and we apply a couple of them in china and uh we see people hugging each other leaving showing affections confessing asking for forgiveness of each other so and when we see that same thing in china that's like really weird because they are so, uh, no that, yeah. There's no public affection shown. And oh, really? Yeah. And when and when you see couples hugging and kissing and crying, uh, that's powerful. Yeah. 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 Are you guys still doing this marriage ministry? Yeah. Oh, great. Well, we have people from the hospital, and um, actually, Kevin, not Kevin, um, Justin. Justin had interviewed us. Right now is on hold. I, it'll no, work out. In terms out. of opening up to Bethel. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, so would you call this your passion? That would be my passion, and she has many interests. <laughs> many. <laughs> well, I just love discipling people, and in my practice, I see patients. I often can tell that there's more to it. So I would ask questions, and uh, oftentimes it's almost like I'm still at ORU, spirit, soul, body. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. a connection, and which is what oh, my yeah. upcoming book is about. Oh, wow. Well, and I kind of mentioned it to you. Well, let's mention it now. Tell us about your up-and-coming book. Yeah. It's called Optimize Health and Maximize Life. Optimize Health maximize life hopefully it will come um, before uh, the first of the year but with the grandkids here I'm putting that project just on the shelf for sure. a couple of weeks sure yeah. it's a sure good idea yeah. well so tell us about the book just real quickly about natural health you are what you eat and mm -hmm. be conscientious of what you put in and um, mostly things that I tell my people to do every day 50 times you know sure. and 
I finally said, I'm going to put it in a book. Just go get my book. That kind of thing. <laughs> That's a great idea. But there's <laughs> then, a spiritual aspect. To and it. the spiritual oh, aspect is I find a lot of unforgiveness oh. that they are not even aware of. And now that oh. I'm in Zozo, yep. I feel like I could speak up about that. Helpful. Very yes. helpful. So. Well, Mary, I do want to talk about Sozo, but first tell us what kind of doctor you actually are. I think we yeah. skipped over I'm a naturopathic uh, doctor, uh, graduated three years in Oklahoma. In Georgia, is not necessarily recognized unless you have another medical degree. Okay. So eventually it's going to change and they're going to put me out of business. <laughs> but... For people that come to me, is mostly preventive health. Wonderful. And uh, I can give you my card. I would love to have your yeah. card. I would love to just... Mainly to it. build up your immunity so your body can fight. Yeah. Your body is supposed to do its own healing. Yeah. Of course, with God. Right. Yeah. But the way we're designed, your body's designed exactly. to heal. And, and uh, uh, in general, churches do not support this because they cannot dance, they cannot drink, so what do they do? They eat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta have some fun right well, past I mean, the Twinkies. I mean, yeah. I mean, anytime you go to, you know, I, I was lots of Baptist organizations like, hi, I'm Kevin, this is my casserole dish. <laughs> it has my name on it, see? <laughs> and the fellowship is eating, you know. It is, it is. It is. And, yeah. and, and I, I do not, you know, criticize people eating that's not the point but being aware of your body sure. and preventively and um, i know that there are many things that can be avoidable mm -hmm. for sure well talk to us about sozo and the forgiveness and did you did you notice the forgiveness in your practice first and then you were trained in sozo well at victory and even previous to that also in china i see a lot of de deliverance work okay and I hated the screaming and the yelling and the vomiting. <laughs> and I said, I'm not doing this anymore. And so when, <laughs> when I show up at, <laughs> at Bethel and I heard Justin talk about it, and I said, man, God, you're stirring up some old passions. You know, coming here raised as a foreigner I knew there were things I need to get rid of, no. not just forgiveness, you know, generation stuff. And I love, love, love Sozo. Wow. I, I just feel like I told people, if you're first time, know that I've sat in that chair many times and I go for car wash at least once a year. <laughs> car wash? Oil change. <laughs> 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 An oil change. <laughs> You can keep sure. it simple rather sure. than so heavy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's, I've been in a Sozo session with Mary, and it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, God's the one, you know, yeah. and he lead us. And I heard somebody ask, um, what is it about the Sozo? Why is it that it's different when you're sitting? The scripture says, whenever two or more gather together in your name, there I'm in the midst of them. Mm -hmm. So if God is already present, what are we waiting for? Mm, and number two is mm. all of us have certain things in our lives. Spirit, you know, f what is it? The Thessalonians says 522, 23. 
I could be wrong. <laughs> May your spirit, soul, body be joyous, happy, whole. Mm. Whole is the sum of many things. And if you're hungry enough, God will give you many things to work on. And mm. one layer after another. I still need to be so sold, but to be able to witness the freedom people see and receive and hear the voice of the Father yeah. and, and bring them back with the Word of God, with a prophetic uh, word that we get to practice. This morning I did the Zozo, and it was the most liberating experience. We are privileged that I get a chance to do this. Wow. So doing yours was wonderful. It was wonderful. <laughs> Fine, so I want to like kind of do like the, the bus that backs up that goes beep, 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 because I do want to know this story. How did you guys land at Bethel? How, how did you get here? Because I'm like, I'm, I'm tracking with you like North Dakota. We're in Tulsa. We're in China for a bit. We're back here. I thought, I think maybe I heard another state in there somewhere, maybe. So how did you, how did you land here? What is, Good what, question. Was, what was God's story getting you here? I want to know this. Because uh, boy, you're such an add to our environment. Mm -hmm. Wow. At, so valuable. At Victory Christian Center. Prior to that, I was involved in deliverance ministry. <laughs> I was really sick and tired of it. <laughs> and Billy Joe and Pastor Sharon was so balanced. And when she saw me, she said, you belong to the intercessory prayer. So from there, the city get together and all that. And um, at one meeting, this one woman was so straightforward with me. She said, Bill Johnson is your pastor. Oh. And I said, I don't know who he is, but I read his book. And I'm not going there. Oh. <laughs> okay. Why did you say that? I don't know why, but <laughs> it's the abruptness that she, I didn't even know who she is. Sure. Yeah. And so I, I said, like I'm that. not going there and do not convince me. So I just left that. And when it was time to move to Atlanta, we were wanting to be with the grandkids. They live in Florida, okay? Okay. Oh. Okay, so just so I asked the, the transfer from Tulsa to uh, Atlanta was work-related. Okay. okay, gotcha. But it was, an, but it was an opportunity to be closer to, to the grandkids. To get closer. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, perfect. So uh, one of the pastors says, we need to get you ordained if you're leaving. I said, no, I am no. just, I'd rather say no than yes, because it's too big a commitment for me, you know. And so I said, I got to really think through this. So he said, if you say no, that means you are. And I ran. I literally ran. So he says, one of the past, we have so many pastors, many layers too. One of them says, we want to do LPD, which is Bethel. Uh, the leadership yeah. uh, program. That was many years ago with Paul Manwari. Okay. And Becklin. That's Who's how I got one? to know those names. Okay. So <laughs> with that said, I got a little history with Bethel. I love the teaching, but I'm very happy at Victory and don't 
take me away, you know? Sure. But when he wants to move here, if it were not the grandkids and if it were not there's a hospital here, we probably wouldn't leave. And so when I talked with Pastor Sharon, uh, she said, call Pastor Colleen up in Victory in Atlanta, oh. North Atlanta. Well, that year when we have leadership meetings, we have all kinds of too many meetings. I always get to serve, you know. And Pastor Sharon said, that's Pastor Colleen. Go talk to her about Atlanta. Well, of course, they didn't know where in Atlanta. And the first thing she looked at me is, go to Bethel. Oh, my goodness. Rather than her church. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And I said, why, why did you say that? She said, I think you belong there. So this is time two oh that somebody goodness. just said it to you. So time two. And then um, when I, when we finally got here, before the truck even unload, I was at uh, Home Depot getting drawer liners and stuff like that. And this gal, she asked me many questions. She said, do you pray? I said, of course I pray. And why are you here? Culminated into a group of moms praying for children. Have you heard of Moms in Touch? No. I've been doing that for 35 years. Oh, my goodness. Okay, can I interject? Praying for, let me finish, praying for children, grown children to come back home. Oh, wow. And so with that, <laughs> our truck our boxes all over the house, and these women just started coming. <laughs> at 6.30 in the morning, because I, I said 6.30, or else I can't do it. And they come, and one of them is a graduate of second year, I forgot her name right now. She said, I think you belong to this place. Wow, time three. Yeah. Wow. And, and you haven't so even been yet, and you've just read a couple of books. Right. Wow. Well, when Pastor Colleen and Victory told me about this place, I look it up, it sounds like there's a church, but there's nobody answered the phone, you know, that kind of thing. And you know. <laughs> and I did get a name. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's like, I said, what is this? You know, maybe it's a ministry. It's not a church yet. So we actually start going to a different church. And so this neighbor, she took me to um, Bassam grad, last class of Bassam a year before, well, yeah, a year before I joined. And as soon as I sat down, I said, I don't know what is this. The worship is what I'm hungry for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then Brenda Duncan, Brenda Duncan. <laughs> she saw me and she said, you're new here. I said, I'm just visiting. She said, um, you need to talk to this fellow. Oh, my goodness. I said, who is he? And it was Steve Hale. Wow. So he asked me all kinds of questions, and he wrote on a little slip of paper and said, here's my number, call me. I said, okay, who are you? He didn't say who he is. The whole time he just asked me questions. And then after I left, I said, okay, I'll give him a call, whatever that is. But there's something here, and I want to know more. And in between time, I had a head injury, and... I literally lost memory of things. So that's why first year I was so out to lunch. 
but Brenda took me to the first prayer meeting here. And first year you had a head injury? Before the first year started. Wait, yeah. I in don't between. Think I know this. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Uh, um, I was at a uh, department store. Department store. Somebody was uh, rearranging luggage. I was standing in between aisles, and one piece of them flew and hit me and knocked me over. So it was a serious concussion enough that I could be disabled. Oh, my word. But the glorious healing was when I did go to first year, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get well. I don't, don't know how because there's no medication. You know? And mm-hmm. you, once you're past 60, they tell you, just kind of pack it up, sit on the front porch. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine Mark. her sitting on the front porch? <laughs> Pack that, it up, put it on the front porch. That front porch would be on just, fire in a matter of days. So <laughs> true. But anyway, um, I, I wasn't very engaging because I couldn't even speak uh, nouns correctly. Uh, it was gradually. So at the end of the first year, I see all these prophetic words, and I said, Michael Maiden. He came mm. and he spoke, and he spoke about forgiveness, and that was like, that's the message I want to talk about. And so I bought one of his book, and I was just going to ask him to sign it. He was on his way leaving. Somehow he held my hand and set me down, in spite of people wanting to t- take him, so, you know, get him out of the, the sanctuary. And he looked at me, what's your name? And... I said, I'm Mary, could you just sign my book? And he asked me questions. He said, how long have you been here? I said, I'm a student just first year. I didn't say a whole lot. He read my mail. He said, Miss Mary, I want to tell you, heaven has a, a, a water hose coming down into your brain oh and filling God. it like a reservoir. <laughs> Dude. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. And Mary. I said, there is hope. That's beautiful. Because I left the doctors. I, I just have, don't know anybody. That was only five months after we moved here. So, but the m- best part was he put it on Facebook. And then he's telling everybody, that woman's going to get healed. And I just go, okay, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Well, remember the mornings when I pray with these moms? One morning, about two weeks after that, I was sitting at my dining table. And for whatever reason, I just kept reading the word. It just go deeper and deeper. Suddenly, I felt two hands in the back of my head and massaging it. And when I came to, it was so warm, it was so comfortable. I just knew that was the extension of what Michael Maiden said. Wow. And of course, I was so touched and I didn't move when I came to, it was 45 minutes. Oh my goodness. And soon after that, I convinced him I want to go to Reading. And we went to the first medical healing conference. Healing conference. Oh, of oh, course wow. you did. That's perfect. That's How was perfect. that conference, Mark? Oh, that was mm-hmm. awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, Christians talk a lot of times about miracles that they've seen or experienced. And sometimes you you know you kind of put discretion to it or discernment I mean, and and you kind of wonder. But uh, there were speakers at this conference, and in particular there was a cardiologist who has 
documented. And so as another physician, I'm looking at what he's saying uh, with no skepticism because he's documenting these things, these healings, and uh, bringing patients back to life. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Truly amazing. Yeah, so, so it wasn't just talking about uh, how... Uh, or not just talking about these healings, but how you can actually implement this into your medical practice, oh. which, which was very helpful. Oh, well, we're the only cool. one that touch people all over the places. Why not? Right. So right. Not ha- why not have healing in your hands? But we both, it? when we were there, experienced the same kind of massage in really? our room. It was all over our body. And I said, oh, gosh, I don't want to move. <laughs> we didn't even go out to eat that night. Oh my goodness! So and you had a similar encounter, yeah. Mark. Yeah, we l- we wow. stare at each other, go, "Oh, we got heavenly massage," <laughs> you know. And God so, <laughs> so after great. that, we just kind of inside just thought, it takes a lot to get out to Reading, and suddenly we both see the East Coast. Wow! So that is gonna work itself out, I know, because we talked to Paul Man Warwick when we were there, and one of the doctor that was there was from his hometown, Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, that's exciting. So it's like, okay, dinner bell is winging, you know? Yeah. Come get it. Wow, oh. and so you were healed in that encounter, and you have no more evidence I, of a concussion. There was no medication other than wow. depression medication. Um, I am, I would say, almost 100%. That's beautiful. And this year, actually third year, with Dan, I just like, I'm back, you know? (laughs) (laughs) New and improved, huh? (laughs) I expect even better. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, my goodness, before we wrap up, I know we're running out of time. Uh, There was a miracle in 1999. Did you mention that? Was this your miracle healing was from the concussion? No. Nope. No, that was a different that thing. Was when they were okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, that was I, I know I'm saying I know we're running out of time, but uh, I really would like to hear about that miracle healing as well. We were not active with any church at that time. Okay. Transitioning. Uh, we still have some marriage issue. And um I I basically have a growth coming out of my neck mm. and it started growing really fast and I said, I'm going to get well. You know, we believe in declaring. So over about a three-week period of time, it enlarged to the size of a lemon. Three weeks? Yeah, yeah. and he practically locked me up in the hospital. And so Why, I... How in the world was it that fast growing? You know, there's limited uh, possibilities. One is certainly infection, uh, but it, it, that wasn't it. And the other is so, something like a lymphoma that can grow extremely fast. Um, he knew the danger. I didn't, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so I told him, please go home, get my tape recorder. And I had healing scriptures. Come on, girl. And I spoke. It, nobody told me. We were still Methodist. <laughs> <laughs> and I spoke my voice into the tape recorder every healing scripture I could find. And about six months prior to that, I was wonderfully filled with the Holy Ghost singing in my bedroom. Wow. (laughs) And didn't know what that was all about. 
<laughs> Surprise. <laughs> and uh, so I started going to three churches and still didn't get it. And so somehow praying in tongues, speaking the word repetitiously for three days and three nights. Mm. But prior to that, I told the ENT and all the specialists, I was pushing my IV card out to the nurse's station, including him. I said, nobody's going to tell me when I'm going to go home. And the doctor said, no, listen, I'm trying to tell you to get your families here. Wow. Because you would die of suffocation because there's no air, you know. And it was just blocked. And so they, they really can't do surgery. There's no medication. It seemed like every case is like that. So who else could I depend on? Mm. And I look up the scripture, Psalms 103. Mm. And, you know, I just read every scripture back to myself. And then I did envision. And I would go to the nurse's station and tell the doctor. I said, doctors, no. I go shopping with your wife. How could you tell me that I only have three days? That doesn't three make sense. Days. Yeah. And even if I get my mom here, she doesn't speak English. I will work harder. I won't have time to rest. I said, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> and I said, I'm jumping out of my box. I will see my children get married. I will see my grandkids. I have places to go and people to see. And then he looked at me and said, that girl, but uh, better go back to your room. Mm. And then in between... I actually push my IV card to every patient's room, say, would you like prayer? Mm. And I don't know what's happening, truthfully. It's like I'm somewhere else. This is not going to get me down. I actually bolted the door and won't tell all the people that all the flowers, I said, nobody's dead yet. Take it out. <laughs> nobody's dead wow. yet. Keep so, flowers. So it's like I have nowhere else to turn to. Mm. And I did say God. If you don't do it, you know, that's it. And I'm not about ready to just lay down. And sure enough, walk out of the hospital. And um, the doctor, was it four days later, pulled the gauze off because they did a biopsy. Hmm. The stitches dissolved itself. Whoa. So the growth just went down? Yeah, they cannot I mean, explain it, was, it. Yeah, they couldn't explain it. The biopsy was inconclusive, and so they thought, okay, maybe it is an infection. They used antibiotics. But the way that the this mass reacted and the timing and everything, it was clearly God. Wow. It was not medical science. That's amazing. And you walked out. How long were you in the hospital? Three days and three nights. That's why I could relate with what Jesus is saying. Three days, three nights in the hospital. But I didn't eat, didn't sleep, didn't drink, because any time they may have to wheel me in. So I was actually fasting to a degree. <laughs> wow. Yeah. A forced fast. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I just had to hear that story. That's a I had great never heard story. That. But anyway, Beautiful. that's the adventure. That is an adventure. <laughs> a <laughs> lifetime of adventures. That is for sure. <laughs> my goodness the axnesses yeah. mark yeah. and mary my you guys have so much to tell so much to offer thank you very very much we appreciate thank you. you yeah thank you for the opportunity thank yeah. you for coming i feel like we're gonna have to have a part two that's what i'm know? thinking too we didn't and even get to all the beautiful books yeah, and, and that's great everything like, and that's how you get to know people so yes, yes. so 
Um, we're so glad that you were able to join us, and thank you so much. We just we just feel honored um, to thank have you. you to have you in thank our you. our church body and our environment. And <laughs> you're just such a um, wow! What a blessing you two are. So, um, you know, if uh, if any of this is actually connecting with you, that you've been listening and hearing these different stories, and you're listening and um, you think, oh my gosh, I, this has happened to me, or that that miracle I'm having this particular sickness, or I have a growth on my neck and and I need, uh, you know, I need healing. If that's you, that story is for you. This is your invitation for you to receive healing. So, um, we, we, as well as in your marriage. Yeah. And and yeah, and in your marriage, if you're having marriage problems or issues that the things that you're struggling through, this is, this is your testimony right here that you can grab and God can do it again for you. He is no respecter of persons. So, um, if that's you, we'd actually love to hear from you. You can email us at um, bachats at com. We would love to hear your story, take the opportunity to pray for you, and even breakthroughs that you've had um, in your life. Um, we would love to re-broad, re-podcast them, re-broadcast them, <laughs> re-podcast um, it so the whole planet can have that testimony to do it again. So. Um, so this is your invitation. We would love to hear from you. BHats at BethelAtlanta.com. Mark, Mary, thank you again. Thank you. We appreciate you. You guys remember that Jesus loves you. And we love you too.